0: everyone and welcome to the Loopcast. I'm Chelsea Damon, one of the hosts and producers of the show, and then I have my co-producer here, Sina.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: And we're the Loopcast team. So, today we thought we'd do a fun show because November marks the Loopcast's 3rd year anniversary, 3rd year birthday, whatever you want to call it, and we thought we'd do a fun show that could give our listeners an idea of how the show got started, because we do have people that ask us, how did the Loopcast come about, and a little bit about ourselves, um, and just some, like, fun thoughts and trivia about the Loopcast, so thanks for listening to us. So, Sina, why don't you start off with telling our listeners how the Loopcast got started, since you kind of got it up and running off the ground way back when in 2012.
1: Sure. So in 2012, um, you had, in my view, uh, people were, podcasts were becoming more popular. That, um, you know, everybody now has an iPhone or an Android and um, people were downloading podcasts a lot more or it became a, a larger medium than it um, previously was. Um, and it, going through podcasts, there wasn't a lot of, Talk shows that dealt with national security issues. You, I mean, you could consider NPR or even Charlie Rose, um, as sort of a conversation, you know, as a, as a sort of, um, conversation about national security. It was just those shows always would, you know, in, in my opinion, be too late or have, you know, do very, um, basic analysis, analyses. So I thought to myself, You know, here I am in in DC and, um, I know a lot of smart people. Um, and it's being DC, there are a lot of, um, young smart people and people that work at think tanks that don't necessarily get highlighted as much as they should. And not just think tanks, but historians and and other people. So I thought to myself, um, wouldn't it be cool if we had a long form interview show that centered around you know, first up-and-comers, people you might not necessarily have heard of, and bringing their ideas in in writing and analysis to the foreground. And then as a a secondary and tertiary, bringing people that – giving people that you normally would see on TV or talking heads or people that you would see on talk shows, giving them a longer – a medium where they would be able to engage in a longer form conversation. Um, that was sort of the problem I saw with sort of like Charlie Rose or even the news in general is that you only have 10 or 15 minutes to talk about ISIS or 10 or 15 minutes to talk about um, InfoSec. So instead of doing only 10 or 15 minutes, I said, you know, maybe let's do 35 or 45 minutes um, and, you know, have a, a show that was as stripped down and basic as, as sort of a Charlie Rose set but as in-depth as something that you'd see on Frontline or um, any sort of major news publication.
0: And as Sina just said, I think the basis of the loop cast was really this idea that both of us being in D.C. knew a lot of really great young minds, maybe not young minds, but minds that, as he said, really didn't get highlighted their work would get published in certain areas, but potentially it didn't hit the mainstream media and everyone didn't know their name. And we really want to give these people a platform to show what they they do, show their work, show their brilliance in various topics that we've had on the show. And of course, from that, it's snowballed with bigger names that, as Cena was saying, come on and can really elaborate on an issue and a topic. And not be rushed by a clock, as you see on major news networks. And I think um, I deal with a lot of responses from listeners, and that seems to be the main thing that our listeners love, is the long-form interview, the um, interviewees not getting rushed to come to a conclusion on a question. So I think that's been one of our successes, and we hope to continue it. Um, do you have any other thoughts, Sina?
1: I don't know. I mean, it always seemed like that, you know, part of being able to give a, a longer answer or having a longer form podcast was that you can, you can, you can have a conversation where, you know, you have your, the, the, the speaker, you know, establish a thesis and then walk you through it. It's not just, you know, talking points or, you know, less politely bullshit. It's, it's an actual conversation. It's an actual, there's a point to it. And, you know, I think, I think originally people wanted us to break it up, but I think, um, I think one of the the key successful points is that we can, you can have a 45 minute to an hour conversation and it's, it flows from point A to point B and, you know, hopefully that our listener travels with us to the whole time.
0: Another question that comes up a lot from listeners is the question of who are the people that do the Loopcast, and as we've just said, it's basically myself and Sina. Um, We do everything from finding guests, the research that goes into the shows, um, working with different schedules when we're free, when the guests are free. Um, Both of us have done the Loopcast with full-time jobs, so at times it can be very much of a dance of schedules. And um, yeah, we do everything that goes into the show. So everything from guest relations, schedules, um, research. Research is the thing that of course takes the most time to (laughs) put some of these shows together. I mean, there have been topics that I literally have no knowledge of the topic. And and then we have to go and create this list of questions and a show outline that Sounds like we do know what we're talking about for these really well read, smart guests. Hopefully. Um, hopefully, yeah. There are times we, we sit there and like, ah, oh, this was not the best show. Um, but we try our best. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess another thing is sort of introducing ourselves to our listeners and our interests and how our interests have evolved into the Loopcast. So, Cena, do you want to tell everyone about yourself a bit
1: first? Sure. Um, I started off, uh, when I came to D.C., wanted to do uh, work on Iran. Um, that didn't really, for various reasons, it didn't really succeed. Um, and so I got into first web design um, and then gradually into my position uh, doing help desk and IT work. And at the same time, as a hobby, um, writing a lot of code in C and um getting into reverse engineering as much as i can um, but i was interested as as i was getting into information security um, you know i i was i was sort of surprised that on one hand you have these very intelligent conversations on twitter and on the other hand you look at the popular response um and the sort of popular meaning of cybersecurity and it's just akin to how an outsider interprets voodoo it's 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 magic to them or something and people can't get beyond a technical conversation and focus on the humanity of it you know uh, politics strategy law um things that sort of drive security forward but aren't technical in nature um so with that being said i i wanted to bring in um people who we're very familiar with the technology and the technical side, but weren't afraid, but aren't afraid to speak to the strategic and the legal side of things. Um, and so this was people like Dave Attell. Um, we had, um, Jim De Niro talking about the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, uh, Joshua Corman, um, talking about sort of the intersection of autom you know, automotive law or you know, the cars and sort of the movement towards, um, you know, autonomous vehicles. And I think that was important to me. And I think a lot of that, um, you know, was trying to my attempt to sort of bridge, you know, the technical side of things with the political side and sort of bridge our two audiences uh, from InfoSec to, um, you know, political science and, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, with that being said, it was just, you know, it's been a, it, it's very interesting. And I think we've been very successful, successful in bridging those two audiences because as, you know, from 2012 to now, now, you know, you can't do anything without having basic technical skills. I mean, I think our conversation with, um, Justin, uh, Justin Seitz sort of highlighted this. You, you know, you, you want to do, like, open intelligence collection while, you know, you need technical skills or an understanding of, you know, not necessarily programming in Python, but how that data is produced. And I think that was sort of our goal, and I think we sort of succeeded at it, and it's, you know, bridging those two worlds or having those two worlds sort of have a conversation together. Um, what about you, Chelsea? I mean, it, what sort of brought you to the Loopcast?
0: Well... What brought me to the Loopcast was first the great idea of creating this platform that um, people we knew or people that we've read, issues, um, articles, research that they've done, and bringing the research to light. I thought that was a really fantastic platform because I think anyone that's in a field that has any publication or very academic strong or technology as seen as field is, you know, there's always that point where you're trying to get your work noticed and sometimes it's hard you know sometimes you have fantastic thoughts fantastic analysis and it might not always see the light as it should so the initial thing of coming to the was this platform and, and providing it for our guests and and our listeners, because they learn from our guests. Um, I've actually learned a lot from some of the guests that we've had on the shows on certain topics. It's it's like a mini university course for myself. (laughs) Um, But I mean, my background is in near Middle Eastern studies, so I went to school. have a master's degree in that. Um, I'm looking at further graduate degrees at the moment in... In um, security issues, actually, because my focus is on terrorism research, um, very much looking at the situation in Syria and Iraq right now, so we've had a lot of great shows on that topic and amazing guests, and being able to bring those shows to you, our listeners, has been fantastic, because um, I feel like we've had a really strong series in that arena as well as a lot of just international topics and international events that have rocked the world for the last three years. So it's been it's been a wild ride. It's been a fun ride. Um, I've enjoyed every single moment of it, even though it's at times stressful to balance the daily schedules and the show and all the research, but it's completely worth it. So it's been good.
1: I mean, look what- – you know, the funny thing about the Loopcast is that, as Chelsea pointed out, there's only two of us. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> a lot of people think we have this whole team, and they we get emails about wanting to be a part of the team, <laughs> and we'd love to have other people, but honestly, we don't get paid for this. This is a labor of love, so, you know asking someone to come on board and all the work that's involved in it just seems really selfish because we've both been interns and working our butts off for free and we don't want to do that to someone. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a wild ride, so to speak.
1: And I always wanted to – maybe we can have the dog as an assistant on the Chihuahua, I think.
0: The <laughs> Luke Cass Chihuahua. Some, some people
1: have, who've listened to the show, um, uh, we, we record the um, episodes – like in an apartment, and the dog is um. I know, if you listen to enough episodes, he's uh he sort of shows up. Once um, in a while, he makes <laughs> the dog appear. <laughs> Once in a while, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, uh, the only time he never makes noise, never um, until he gets jealous, which is he thinks that we're talking to the computer. So why are you talking to this computer? This other pet he reasons, and you know he either brings his carrot, which is twice his size it's and a squeaky it, toy it's a squeaky toy or um i think i think my favorite thing that he does is looks at you and and has decided to join the conversation for one reason or another and <laughs> lets loose a, a series of, of barks um and, and this is probably the only time maybe it's it's a positive thing because it's the only time he does it is when <laughs> we're recording
0: <laughs> yeah and i will be completely honest that almost all of the shows that I've done um, for the loop cast, I have had the chihuahua on my lap because I've learned that if he's not on my lap, he will come behind me and I won't know because I'll be focusing on the show. And like like mm-hmm. Cena said, he'll let out a bark or a growl or something. So if he's on my lap, he's fine. He's happy. He's just a good little guy. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the, one of the quirky things about the loop cast. Um, Cena, do you have a favorite episode that you've done on the loop cast I know that you've done a lot of the episodes closer to the starting of the show Um, you were a powerhouse in the first year or so (laughs) but do you have one that stands strong in your memory or that you really enjoyed doing
1: no I mean I enjoyed doing it all Um, I think I think some of my, my favorite episodes are the ones where you would interview somebody who you've read their works they're published. And it was just like, especially in the beginning, it was just so awesome that somebody like J.M. J.M. Berger would come on the show, and it's like, we're no name. You know, we don't don't have a fan base, don't have anything. And here you are, um, like, J.M. Berger, um, David Gartenstein-Ross, um, Will McCants. These were just like, like, and then Anad, like, And now, uh, Gopal, like a bunch of like people that I have read their works and just came on the show. And I was like, this is amazing to me that, that somebody would take time out of their day and just, you know, somebody that I, I deeply respect and that that somebody that, you know, even, even though I don't do that sort of security analysis anymore or think about it, that they would, you know, I would, I still catch up with their work. I still read it and they, they come on the show. It just sort of blew, blew my mind, um. But, you know, the thing that I like about the Loopcast is that you watch some of these great thinkers grow, right? So, like, you watch somebody like David Gartenstein-Ross and J.M. Berger Berger just, like, grow from somebody that, like, with J.M., somebody that had only been known to a certain circle with his work, uh, Jihad Joe, or his, his research on using um Python to sort of, um, examine, uh, social media for particular trends. Um, he, and then watch him grow into probably, you know, this top expert on ISIS and this top expert on radicalization through online media, which, you know, it, it's just amazing. And it's, it, it's also amazing to me that they, you know, as, as a friend, they still come on the show, which is just like, it just blows my mind. <laughs> like, like I'm so grateful for that. And it's, I think part of that is is the medium, and, and the, our show is just, you know, it's no bullshit. We just want to hear you talk and hear you sort of put your ideas forward, and that's it. You know, there's no, you know, there's no agenda. There's no, there's no talking head. There's no politics. It's just, you know, tell us what you think. Tell you, tell us what you've researched, and you know, make it known to the audience.
0: And I second that. I have really enjoyed watching people that we've had on the show, whether it's once or twice or a number of times. It's been so neat watching their careers grow and continue on and having their books published and, you know, getting on major network channels, news channels. And it's been fun. It's just been great. And not that I'm saying the loop cast was the one that did that, but it's just been an honor to have these individuals on the show and, you know, in some way be a part of that. It's just been great. And um, I think too, which I like to highly stress is the loop cast wouldn't be the loop cast without you, the listeners, because it really is our listener base Personally, I would not be doing this show if we didn't have people listening, and we know we have people listening because we'll look at the stats. So, um, do keep listening, because if you don't, it kind of makes no sense to do all of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it, I will stress again, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, um, kind of an, a completely second job. So, but it's, it's awesome. It's so much fun to do and really hope to continue to do it for a lot longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Sina, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to add, or any thoughts on where you'd like to see the loopcast going?
1: I don't know. Um, you know, I think I think the power of the loopcast is—you know—we're so small. There's only two of us. That innovation isn't a problem. That in the last three years, you've seen a lot of um, a growth in in podcasts, in national security podcasts. Um, which are all great. Um, you know, um, diversification of the marketplace is actually it's always a good thing, especially when uh, people are adding their views and um, ideas. But I think with the loopcast specifically, it's you know we're always evolving, we're always adapting, and I think um, some of the some of the conversations that we're we're gonna be um, bringing you would be, you know, the intersection of terrorism and organized crime, uh, the Internet of Things, and um, the idea, you know, that everything is being wired and hooked into the Internet from your coffee maker to your oven to cities. <laughs> um,
0: Why does your coffee maker have to be attached to the Internet?
1: Your coffee maker has to be attached to the Internet so it can team up with your Tesla.
0: So it can tweet. <laughs> so they
1: can tweet. They can tweet about their their adventures. <laughs> anyway, um, and my point is is that being so small, I you know we we like to be on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge, and always bringing you, you know, interesting stuff, um, for what it's worth.
0: And as Cena you know, said to elaborate on that, you know, we really do enjoy your participation so if there are topics or guests that you'd like to see please let us know because we will do our best to try to get them on or get a show on that topic um we have had people asking us about certain topics certain guests and a lot of the time we can get them on the show the guests sometimes it just doesn't happen we do try we don't ignore the requests of our listeners so please do know that we we try our best to um please you, our listeners, Um, I know, well, that's the truth, so, um, you know, please do, we love your interactions, so please do um, interact with us, you can email us, you can tweet us, we've got a Facebook page, Um, there's lots of ways to interact, so don't hesitate to ever reach out to us. Um, if it's for a job, like I said, <laughs> we don't have money to pay you, so we, we apologize, but we don't have any job op- job openings at the moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Um, thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for the, the last wonderful three years, and we hope to have a lot more years to come. And um, as Sina said, we're always trying to innovate, even though we are a small team. Um, but we've got some ideas up our sleeves, so in the future you may be hearing about those because we'll definitely let you know before we do certain things. Um, and other than that, you know, uh, ways of helping the Loopcast, we're always happy to have donations. Um, we've got a, uh, patron, a, patron. I think, a patron account as well as um, a donation button on our website, so of course there's That's always open to donations. But um, just please continue to listen, and thank you so much for the last three years. It's been really a fun ride and really just a great three years. So thank you.
1: Thank you.